People that truly love you, love you for you. Not for your money, not for your business, not for your successes, not for being president of the American Chamber of Commerce. Or they love you for you. You are listening to Mastering the Inner Game Podcast with your host, Yarek Tadla. Welcome to the Inside Game Podcast. My name is Yarek Tadla. Here I'm with my friend, Ron McKay. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Okay. Today's subject, topic of the podcast, I want to talk to you, uh, because I know your, your experience and everything else, about the mental game uh, of the men that go through. And mostly important, I want to talk to you coming back from the game. You know, because we as a man, we know how to succeed and we're driven and disciplined, but we reach a lot of hoops on the way. And I know your story, your story touched me a lot because I went through the same, uh, same experience. Tell me, tell me something about the, the first business and, you know, where you end up before COVID and just, just tell us sure. the story. Well, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, I had the largest paper route in my neighborhood, uh, sold Christmas trees during the holidays, boxer shorts at Villanova, did a little bookmaking and then got out of school and, uh, went into real estate originally. And, uh, during the Resolution Trust Corporation debacle, I uh, lost everything the first time and picked myself back up. And when you're at that age, nothing bothers you, you know. So I got into the telco arena and from telecom, uh, we sold a couple companies, had a lot of success. And then I went into the offshore outsourcing business, uh, business processing and went global with that business and went down to the Caribbean with it. And that's, uh, that was really my last, until recently, my, my last gig. How did it happen that you went like from U.S. to Caribbean? Like how, what, what, what was there? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, on 9-11, my two partners were in Mumbai, India, and all the, uh, the industry was, outsourcing industry was moving to India. And um, I was always the client relations guy, business development guy. And I just, uh, we did a lot of business to business work versus consumer. And I just felt that the businessman wasn't going to stay on the phone with somebody from that part of the world with the dialect issues and everything else. And um, I was looking at the Caribbean on 9-11 because uh, outside the United States, the largest English speaking uh, population in the world is the Caribbean. Okay. So we're looking for a crisp accent. And um, I looked at down there and that's how I ended up down there. We ended up down there because after 9-11 to travel to uh, India, you had to go be with F-16s over Afghanistan. I think the venture capitalists went with going down to the beach in the Caribbean. So that's how we ended up in the Caribbean. Did you always, did, did you ever work for anybody or it was like always for yourself? No, it's, um, I always say W2 or W4 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. W2. You're I, never, I, never, never, had never, never had one. Never okay. had one. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever thought about it? What was the reason? Why it, not? You know, the, it's, that's a great question. The, the reason was uh, really hit home. Um, and I talked about this actually at one of our events, uh, you know, with the edge and um, my grandfather came over from Scotland. On, on my uh, father's side, and a uh, great carpenter, but he was an alcoholic, he never kept a job. And he had two sons, my father and his brother. And um, my grandmother ended up being the breadwinner. She actually was the very first woman in management in the history of General Electric Corporation. And uh, you think back, you know, post-World War II, that, that was quite a feat. And uh, she raised the, the two, my brother, or, I mean, my uncle and uh, my, my, my dad. And, um, my dad went into the army and when he got out of the matter of fact, during when he was in the army, he lost his brother uh, to a car accident and he actually had a, 
He was decapitated. He was all he was all city quarterback scholarship. Going to be the first person in the family back then to go to university. And he came home on Thanksgiving, uh, the same Thanksgiving that uh, President Kennedy was assassinated, and he had to go identify the body and then tell his parents. And um, then got shipped right out when Kennedy got shot. It wasn't even, it wasn't even at the funeral. So, like, growing up, he was always harder on me than my brother. And he was always, like, gave me, you know, tough time on, like, you know, take care of your brother. You're lucky to have a brother and all that stuff. And I'm named after my uncle. And um, he got out of the Army and met my mother. My mother was already two years into university. Mm -hmm. And I think the Scottish ego kicked in and says, I'm not going to get married to a woman that went to school and I didn't go to school and my dad saying that. So he went to university uh, with the GI Bill. So you think it's a lot of that? It's the programming. Yeah, definitely By programming. The childhood. Yeah, yeah, childhood programming. And then, uh, you know, he worked his way all the way from nothing up from uh, working in the electric company at nights, paying his way through school. Two kids. I was at his college graduation, and then went through the whole corporate world. Um, was probably making six digits when six digits was a big thing, and um, got involved in some corporate politics, and. Uh, They actually let him go, paid him for a year. Um, he would have been considered considered today almost like a whistleblower. It was some stock manipulation going on, and he, he couldn't find himself to do it uh, morally. And uh, I was uh, going to Villanova. I was about. I just got into Villanova. My brother was a private school of Christian Brothers, and all of a sudden, I saw my dad's world fall apart. He went through the whole overqualified syndrome, and I think he got blackballed in the industry and. He's playing cards at the country club uh, with guys that are 20 years older than him, retired. I mean, I'm picking him up and he's hammered, drunk. And uh, I had to go to Villanova. So that's the second time you said that you have some somebody, family member. It's funny that uh, about you talk about alcohol. Yeah. Now your uncle, now your father. Yeah. Yeah. And my grandfather. But, you know, back then in the corporate world and everything, these guys were like functional alcoholics. I mean, you know, even though it's there, mm -hmm. I never saw my dad drunk once, but he was always drinking. <laughs> You know, I mean, around a corporation, everything. These guys were out with Manhattans and lunch for three hours and then after work. So I went to Villanova and I started a school. Uh, and it's, an, it's a very expensive university tuition-wise. And I already realized uh, going into it, I was going to have to work through school, work in the summers, pay my way through. And that didn't bother me. I always worked even when I was in, you know, a kid in high school and before that. Um, you know, I always, always had businesses that I ran. But it really bothered me to see my dad in the corporate world like that. And at that point in my life, I said, I'm never going to put my hands in the hands of another person. So that's the decision. That was, was the decision to be an entrepreneur. I, I didn't even know it was being an entrepreneur, but I knew I was ever going to work for anybody. Okay. So walk me through the, when do you ever regret it? When you hit the bottom of the bottom? I know the story. I want the audience to know the story. Yeah. So did you ever regret the decision? Walk me through, let's, let's walk me through what happened, COVID happened. And, and because yeah. this is a very touching story. I really want the audience to know. Sure. Because what I'm, what I'm the most impressive, like even though it was a, to you, it was the longest, the longest time ever, how quickly you recover. Thank you. And, and I want like, you know, people, young people to know, especially, you know, that it's like, you know, the bottom, it's not the bottom of the bottom. It's just the beginning of the top. Absolutely. I mean, the, the first day of the rest of your life is after you hit that bottom and turn yourself around. You know? yeah. And uh, even though you might not know you're there at the time. And if, yeah, exactly. That you think is the bottom and that's not the beginning. That's, that's you just falling down. That's, yeah. you know, that's not the bottom of the bottom. No, yeah. You just like, you just lost the business and it's like, oh, that's, that's, no, that's it. That's no. the bottom of the bottom. Yes. And the bottom is just starting. Yeah. This, yeah. this, this yeah. is just the. You're so true. And, and you don't even see it coming. You know, you don't realize how low or, or how dark it can get. 
You know, it's it's not something that you. So let's talk about know, first the first bottom that we the the cheese so that is the bottom of the bottom. The first. Bottom, How old were you? Um, first bottom ever. No, the this oh, first bottom the, was past COVID, time. No. Yeah, uh, I was uh, what's fifty four. Fifty four. Go ahead. And I just got married. I was only married six months, and um, I already had uh, I had my business. It was kicking ass. Um, I actually took six months off for the wedding and the honeymoon, and I gave my management team an opportunity to own twenty percent of the company. If I came back after six months and and they kept everything going and, and they so did, you're on the top of the world. Top, I, it, it, I was in cruise control. Yeah. It was the very first time I started thinking about going down to the Caribbean and actually going to the beach because up until that point, I used to say I was the only uh, only white guy to go to Jamaica and lose his suntan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that I mean, I, I actually had started in, in a little bit in the hydroponic business. Uh, mm -hmm. I was going to bring that to the Caribbean. Um, I had uh, invested in... Uh, an so the M &M, one business know. was enough. There's yeah, another of course. One. Yeah, I got a few like of my... Never-ending yeah. story. As a matter of fact, people used to make fun of me and say, oh, geez, you know, what's the business of the day club for Ron McKay? And yep. I, uh, yeah, you know, I had an MM... I still, to this day, uh, invested in a mixed martial arts league in the Midwest, and we had pay-per-view channel and everything. And, and, and you would think that that was diverse. And then the horses. And the horses. And the horses. Exactly. <laughs> and you would think everything's, like, very diverse, right? You know what I mean? Like... What could possibly hit that to knock it all out? So you like walking where you're on the top, you got everything. Your your mind is stimulated like beyond because you have everything's going on. I, I was I was I I, did, I mean um, I was never so happy and happier at that one point in my life. I mean uh, I was on top of the world. My my wife's a beautiful person. It was a beautiful wedding, beautiful people, and um, just everything was going great. And uh, I was uh, woke up one day, and uh, as a matter of fact, I'll never forget where I was. I was in Coral Gables, and I was having dinner uh, with the Jamaican ambassador to the United States, and we were talking about the hydroponic farming business, and uh, we were just starting to hear about the COVID, you know, um, and I drove home that night, and on the radio, on the drive back up to Fort Lauderdale, I heard how one of the NBA ball players came down mm -hmm. with COVID. And that was really the beginning of the long history of COVID. I mean, everything overnight shut down in the States. You know, all the sports, spring yeah. training, everything, you know. And uh, they closed the border in the Caribbean. And then I got all the hotel resorts were our clients. And I got the calls from the resorts are all closed. The airlines are closed, everything. And um, I had to make a decision as, as, as well as the company was running, it's uh, that type of business is, is, is very large overhead uh, in addition to a major staffing uh, responsibility. And I had to make a decision to um, close the business. At the time, I thought maybe temporarily, but um, I, you know, everybody, my, some of my senior staff said, you know, Ron, why Mr. McKay, why don't we send out a, a letter, an email, WhatsApp message? I said, no, I'm going to call everybody individually. And I went on WhatsApp and I made five, over 500 phone calls in three days and um, told them that I was sorry and I'd hope we could turn it around someday, but I don't know when this thing's going to end. And, 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 I, and the one thing I did... Did say, you know at that time this is like the... Or, or you thought no, it's really... No. You thought it's... I wasn't as upset at that point about finances or about the business. I was upset about my people. You know, I mean, my staff. I mean, you know... Uh, in a developing world, you know, we, you know, in the United States, we might live, you know, they, you hear the saying, people live paycheck to paycheck. In the developing world, they live, you know, meal to meal. And um, I knew what these people were going to go through without that 
without that paycheck. And, um, and then I had people with me for over 10 years. You know, I had 100 people and senior staff that were with me for over 10 years. And I actually paid, continued to pay 50 people, uh, you know, through that whole time period. And to this day, I still got five people that I still take care of, you know, down there, that, you know, that I'd like to get to the States. But that was the beginning. That was that. The that, that was the first. The, the, that was the first. I thought I had. Well, for somebody is the bottom of the bottom. Exactly. I mean, that's it. That, that was the first bottom. I mean, that's the only <laughs> thing you know. The business and it's like five hundred employees. I mean, it's like I mean, that's the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I took the elevator down to the, the bottom floor. At that yeah, point, you know, you you were just on the fifth floor. Right? <laughs> exactly. There's still minus hundred. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So walk me through how what happened then. Well. I, I just need you to know this is the inside game podcast. So I really I want to go, I want to go go. You know I want to let you go like deep, like yeah. you know your feelings, the, your the voices, and just 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 walk us through the process. Yeah. So I think the big difference in life at that point for me was I had a first time in my life I had uh, or first time in a long time I had a sense of responsibility beyond myself. And so I was already feeling responsible for my the people I laid off, but I was also feeling responsible that, geez, I'm married, and I made a commitment for the rest of my life to this woman, and, and what am I going to do? You know, I mean, what, what if things don't come back, you know? And I started the games, and the head games started going through, and, and I'm a pretty confident person, you know. I'm, as a matter of fact, my entire life was to borderline cocky, you know, confidence. Not not egotistical, oh, but don't but, be shy. Know. No, yeah, no, not egotistical, but That's very like, confident. Yeah. And um, I started losing my confidence and second guessing myself. And I think I really, when I look back, it really had to do with not the fact that my wife, uh, she was the greatest supporter in the world. She wasn't worried. She's like, "We'll get through this. You're all right. You're going to do it again. Whatever happens, you know, Ron, I have you know, babe, I have 100 confidence in it. It wasn't her. It was me worrying about me with her. And that's that's what really started the breakdown. Um, um, and of course, she lost her job, her whole career. And, and uh, for the first time in our lives, we had been together for about eight years before uh, we got married. And for the first time in our lives, we we're in a you know a condo, twenty four seven here in Las Olas. Yeah. And um, then we start realizing, well, maybe we really didn't know each other that well. You know what I mean? Because she was always going to work at four thirty, or I was always catching a plane for eight years. And uh, you know and um, we started getting, we started getting on each other's nerves, you know, and fighting, and I started taking everything out on her, and um, I, I remember it was my birthday, April twelfth, and uh, everything was closed, but um, there was um, a restaurant, the Palm Restaurant down in Miami, said they were still open, so we drove all the way down there, and they were closed, and I said to her, I said, didn't you call, you know, and I went nuts on her in the, in, in the car, and that's when I realized I'm out of control. What I did was I said I had you know, our family's from Philadelphia. My family's in Philadelphia, and my uh, my uncle has a huge home in the city. And I said, why don't we go up to Uncle Vince's? And uh, he needs somebody to help take care of him too. He was seventy five at the time, and um, you know, it's such a big house. We'll have our own space. Right? And I love to cook, as you know. He had a big commercial kitchen, and you know, I figured, no, I'll, I'll keep myself mentally busy cooking and trying different recipes and stuff like that. And we did that, and, and it was it was it worked for a little bit because uh, we had our own floor, twenty five hundred square foot floors, you know, you know, which was twice the size of our condo. I took a floor in the house and pretended like it was my office, and went up there in the door of the day and pretended like I was trying to figure out what to do. You know what to do? You know what I mean? But I was at least by myself, you know. 
And that worked for a while. And then um, we went down. Um, and so this is like now June. All right. So we're about four or five months after COVID uh, or the beginning. And we went down to Jersey Shore and uh, we have a place down there. And, and again, that's a condo that's small in the water. And um, I had a, uh, I'll never forget this day. I have, I had a, a Donzi speedboat and I would, I was growing up my whole life on the water. I was out on speedboats and I, I we, we went, her and I went to go out on the speedboat and I got halfway out into the water and I realized I didn't feel in control even of the boat. Like, I mean, I had even lost like basics, like riding a bicycle. That would, that would have been like riding a bicycle for me, but I felt the boat was overpowering me. But do you think you just lost the trust in yourself? Yeah, it was totally, totally. Completely. Like Total loss of confidence, you know? So I said to her, we're going to turn around and go back. And we did. And you know, my, my, I always say my wife, uh, my wife has two characteristics. Uh, they're the same characteristic, but they're like times two. She's never had a bad day in her life. Um, and, not, and, 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 she's, and, that's, and, and she never knows when things are bad. You know, so it's like, you know, which is great, but I didn't feel like I could talk to her about what was going on, you know? I mean, she was going to the beach. She thought she was on spring break, you know? And I'm thinking like, this is, you know, we, this, this is not a vacation. I don't know when this is going to end. You know, the whole world's coming apart, you know, and I'm coming apart. And, and I started getting nasty again and arguing with her. And so I woke up July 2nd, July 4th weekend. And uh, she it's was, funny how you know the dates. Yeah. yeah you know why, that. right? Yeah. Because it was so painful. Absolutely. You know, like we all remember on yeah. September 11th when we were, you know, it's like I can ask anybody, everybody knows September 11th. And like those dates are important to you because you know how painful it was. Yeah. You know, like absolutely, like, you know, hours and everything. That's you're, when it hits you, it hits you. You're so right, Eric, because you know what you do is you, you, when you're sitting there by yourself and you're fighting so much demons, you, you, you just keep reliving everything in your head. And so like the chronological order is easy to remember because it, I, I was like, you know, I relived that so many times in my head, you know? And, um, so what were you saying? What, 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 you well, saying? what, 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 what was going on? You in know, your head? so initially I, I felt bad that I was not my, you know, myself. I felt like I, I, I felt bad about like, we're newlyweds. You know, and like, uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just on top of her head. Like anything she does is bothering me. And she wasn't bothering me. It was just the way I had gotten ornery and everything. So mm -hmm. upset about everything, not sleeping. And, um, you know, uh, so I wrote her a note. She was at the beach. I wrote her a note. that said, babe, I'm going to go down to Florida for a few weeks. Get my head up back on straight. I'm sorry. I've been so, so crazy. And, uh, you know, talk soon. Well, that July. Why 7th, you made the decision? Um, I saw myself getting worse, and I didn't want her to see me like that. What did you see? I just saw um, saw a guy I didn't like when I woke up in the mirror. I saw a guy I didn't like when I went to bed in the mirror. I st all night long just wrestling. Uh, I went went started sleeping in a different floor of the house because I didn't want her just you know you know knowing how bad I was getting. And, and then reality started setting in that maybe this thing is here to stay, you know, and I couldn't carry even the other 50 people that I was carrying, you know, and, you know, and then, you know, the finances were, were, you know, you know, like anything else. And when the money stops, 
You know, money goes out real fast, you know. And and on top of the fact, I took six months off. We traveled the world. I spent a fortune on our wedding. You know, in retrospect, you know, if you knew that was coming, the storm was coming, you, you would never do that. You would have never done it. Or been more conservative. You know, we don't have much family, so we, you know, I paid for it ourselves. And, and um, again, I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. You know, I couldn't talk to my staff. Um, you know, the people that were closest to me, as far as like uh, like uh, peers. Um, because I lived in Jamaica so long, I, I didn't. I wasn't around them. You know, I was. I had just really come home, so back lost. to the states. You know, so I had. You know, even buddies of mine like. He lost the connection. There was the, no connection. There was no connection at all. Yeah, I was by myself really, and uh, so I figured if I go down to Florida, I got the. At least I'm not uh, feeling bad about being angry at everybody, and uh, I got down there and, and, and again thought it was. I thought I went down another floor. And, and I hate for right now on, on the, on the, we going. were on the fifth. Now we're on the fourth floor. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I don't like being in Florida in the, in the summertime, you know, I've never spent the summers down in Florida, you know? And so for that to even be my getaway was already weird. And, um, that's, that's when, uh, shit hit the fan. Um, and I went probably from third floor to the basement real fast without realizing it. I lost sense of time. Um, Tell me more. Like, what do you mean? Do you like, yeah, I didn't know when a day ended or when a day started. You know, I um, I ordered out for food all the time. Um, I uh, I was constantly just watching. I ran out of shit to watch on TV. I mean, like all the series I was watching, almost everything on Netflix, and there was nothing left to watch. I kept on. I would start channel surfing at nighttime, realizing I seen everything. And it's, you know, it was just because that was the only thing I met my head. To, you know, away from things and um but did you know what was happening did you like like did or no or, or you, I, were, I, you, you know were i just like i just felt like i was um in a depression i knew i was in a depression but i didn't know the i didn't know i was in danger okay and how uh, did you know you were in depression were you sedating uh, at the time or were I, you, you know i was you know thank god you know you, you know at least some things happen when you think about, you know, the divine intervention, if, if that, I, I have, I've had a lot of back injuries and surgeries and I've gotten addicted to painkillers many times in my life. And I, I kicked that for a long time. I haven't had a painkiller since 2017. You told me they had a surgery without a painkiller. Yeah, I did. So I, what I would do is I take the morphine during the surgery and I wouldn't get the scripts filled because I was so afraid because I had nine surgeries from 2009 to 2017. And I got addicted to all the painkillers, Valium, the Vicodin, uh, you name it. You know, like and I, I used to wash it down with the vodka, so it was even worse. You know, I always tell people that like successful people, and I'm thinking successful, like financially successful, because the success can be defined in many, many, uh, you know, options. But we, we are addicts. Because what happened, we obsess with success. We obsess, like everything we do, we do 120%. And, you know, we, we have a, you know, if we don't read it quickly, we can catch it, the bad, the bad obsessions and addictions very quickly. Yep. But so you knew it, like you, you oh, yeah. knew that when, when you do everything like that, that's why you, you know, anything you touch, it turns to gold because right away you, you go there. Well, you know, the, the other thing is too, during that time frame, uh, you know, that summer, post-COVID, I didn't have anything. There was no art of the deal. There was no drive. There was no like, you know, there was no like, go, let's go get this. You know what I mean? It was the first time in my life that I didn't have any purpose. 
You know, we always talk about that with, you know, with Roe. I, I, I had no purposeness and didn't know if I was ever, I didn't know, I didn't even know if I was ever going to get it again or, or what was going on, you know. And, and the reason why I make the retrospect back to the painkillers is because, thank God, I'd, I wasn't access to the painkillers during that time period and had overcome that problem years before because then I really would have been in bad shape because I would have went right to the painkillers and I didn't have any and, and thank and God. And then what? You know, what would have happened? Oh, or, I, don't, I don't think I would have been here. I don't think, because I almost, were not even realizing when I was on them and addicted to them and not even realizing I was addicted to them, I got myself pretty down the road on just messing my body up, you know, and really pushing it. And, um, you know, so at least... Thank God that wasn't in my life. Because if those both those storms hit the same time, it, it, I, I don't know what would have happened. But every day went by. I didn't shower. I didn't shave. Um, How long did it last? Eight weeks. July and August. So what happened? Well, you know, there was actually, you know, to tell you how low things got, uh, I didn't take, I didn't leave the house for my, I, I, I went out like maybe July 2nd, 3rd, 4th when I first got down there. And I don't think I left the house from like a couple of days after July 4th till Labor Day. I was in the, and you I didn't did even come out of the room. I wouldn't even come out of the bedroom. I would put the trash, and I'm a fr pretty neat freak. <laughs> so like I'd open the bedroom door and put the trash outside. And then, and then when I wanted to come out of the room, I remember like, I, all I do is remember like, I had a walk over like, like bags and bags of trash, you know. And um, I even there were times in bed where I felt like I—I I know this sounds disgusting, but I felt like I wish I had a bedpan. This way, I wouldn't even have to get up to go to the fucking bathroom. You know, I mean that, that type of lethargic, you know. And um, didn't talk to my wife. Didn't call her. Didn't see her. Newlyweds. <laughs> and. Um, I felt every day bad about that, but I, I was, I didn't know what to say to her. And thank God to this day, she, she just hung in with me, you know, and understood and just gave me that space. But uh, it was, it just got darker and darker and darker. And uh, I gave, I gave up on, I, I lost all sense of uh, being where I just didn't, I wasn't, I, I, I lost myself totally. I, I wasn't even, I couldn't, I wouldn't even be able to recognize myself, you know. Um, but was the voice? What, what? What was it? What the voices was? You know, I felt like a loser. You know, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to provide. I felt like um, almost like you know. Well, maybe the, maybe the run I had was over, you know, or maybe I was lucky. The first time, you know, or, you know, my first time around the track. And now, like, my luck's over, you know. And, um, and how I, old were you at that time? Um, this would have been, um, uh, 55. I, uh, no, 54. I just turned 54 that April of COVID. So just success, 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 and yeah. then boom, boom. And I didn't did you have blame the system or you blame yourself? Who did you blame? You know, that's, that's like probably I, the, that's probably the, the You know, I blamed myself 100%. And, but I look back and like, you know, even times where we talk about it with the group and everything, I'm like, what, what, I, what could I have done differently? You know, I mean, maybe I could have more savings, but so what? The savings would have went away eventually anyway, you know. Um, 
And the but other going thing, deep, like because right now looking back, you know, we have all the answers. Yeah. You know, we can connect the dots looking back. That's what Steve Jobs always say. But at that time, like like that, you know, you're going fourth floor, third floor. Well, to give you an idea, forget not just talking to my wife. I, I shut the phone off. I didn't text. I didn't email. I didn't return a phone call. I didn't even turn a phone on. I was worried about all the messages I would look at. People worried about me and things like that. And I didn't want people to worry about me. But in the meantime, I was like, I didn't want to face anybody here. I couldn't face myself. You know, and um, all I could, you know, it was really a real, really weird analogy. But I, when I looked at myself back then, once in a while, I used to think of a, a movie, The Aviator, with Howard Hughes. And uh, he, you know, he suffered from, you know, depression and, 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 and issues. And I remember when he was so paranoid, schizophrenic, he wouldn't leave the room and he was pissing him Coke bottles and putting them outside and not shaving it. I remember that movie. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's, that's what I'm getting like. I'm like, I'm like, I'm losing it myself by myself, you know? And, um, and then, it, then, it, then, then that feeling of, I just don't want to get up and I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have this feeling anymore. So what happened? So, um, I started, uh, <laughs> I often think about the algorithms on, the, on um, YouTube on, on, on how the video or how this video came on. I don't know if this algorithm exists, but I, I know that this is, besides divine intervention, this is the only other thing I was doing that week when that video came on was, um, I was planning my, my, my death. How were you planning that? I was looking at making sure the insurance policies were up to date. Um, I wanted to make sure there was no clauses that like, if I, you know, how, you know, if I killed myself, that my wife wouldn't get the money. And, and um, so I was just doing all this research online. And then I was doing research online on like, you know, how to do it without pain. And, uh, did you come up with anything? No, you know, you know what the, the you know the, the one good thing about living in isolation probably was I didn't have anything in the house. <laughs> that everything all, I would have had to leave the house to buy something. <laughs> so that was maybe the one good thing about isolation. Because if it was in the house, job probably would have got done. And um, and I and and then the the, the last couple nights, um, you know, you read all these. You know, you see movies about you know people that go to kill themselves, and they then they then they change their mind halfway in, or yeah, you know, or they they reach out for help at the last minute, and, you know, and the police show up or nine one one or you know whatever. It is. And I had that in my head, and I, I took the chairs and uh, I piled the chairs up against the, the doorknob. And Why would you do that? Because if I if I had the, I always say was it, whether it's the guts or the weakness. If I had the guts to do it, or if I was weak enough to do it or you know coward enough to do it mm. coward's a word either one it was i don't know which one that would have been and then i didn't want i didn't want to if i changed my mind I, I didn't want halfway through i didn't want anybody to come save me and uh and, and I, I just thought about those movies and that's that's why i put the chairs up there sad because i mean i would have hurt so many people fuck myself i would have hurt so many people that was bottom and uh I think the only reason why I did it is I just couldn't hurt. I couldn't hurt her like this. I would have destroyed her for life. 
think that's the only reason why I didn't. But that doesn't give you the answers either. You don't wake up the next day all of a sudden like feeling better about yourself. You just avoided that sense of finality, you know, or that danger, that over-the-top danger. If you could, if you could give any advice to yourself at that time with the knowledge that you have right now, what advice would you give it to yourself? Turn to the people that love you. It's the same reason why I didn't do it was the, them, and they love you. They love you. People that truly love you love you for you, not for your money, not for your business, not for your successes, not for being president of American Chamber of Commerce. Or they love you for you, and turn to the people that love you. Don't don't run away. It's the worst thing you could do. I know it's it seems like it's the easiest thing to do at the time, but it's really the worst. And it's actually it's the weakest thing to do. It's the most coward thing to do. It's easy to run away. You think yeah. it's the hardest, but really it's the easiest thing to do. Facing it and turning to the people that love you and trusting them and facing those fears together, that, that's what would be my advice to anybody. And I, 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 you know, I knew I had a woman that just, you know, as close as the word unconditional love can be without like a higher being to even to this day that that, that woman loves me and I, I was I'm the luckiest man in the world like and I, like you know so like I, I had that you know there, there, there are probably people out there that when they're alone aren't maybe as fortunate to have that person maybe in their life you know but find somebody the worst thing you do is isolate yourself because it's you're just a ticking time bomb when you're by yourself you know and you know you're going to turn to so many vices and you know things like that. And but um, yeah, turn to love. What happened next? Well, next day, uh, really so weird. This was the threshold. This was the bottom of yeah, the yeah. It's the bottom. It's the last. We're already days. in the basement floor. My, well, yeah. Mine is one hundred. <laughs> And to get down any deeper, I would have had to dig a hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, there was no, there's no infrastructure left. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was in like the subway, you know, and um, it's really strange. The next day, Alexis called me, and I actually turned the phone back on. I didn't pick it up, and I looked at it like, and like it, it felt like it rang forever, mm -hmm. you know, versus going to voicemail, and. Um, I just, I, I think I connected seeing her number or her name the next day on the reason why I didn't do it the night before. And that gave me the slightest little bit of something to hold on to or to at least try to shake myself out of it. And then that night, uh, two, three in the morning, you know, Crazy Raul gets on the TV and tells me, you know, how bad he is and how he lost everything, his family, and he was burning his whole life to the ground. And uh, in the 2008 uh, real estate, uh, you know, uh, recession, and and um, I swear to God, it was the spookiest thing in the world. I mean, uh, number one, I'm thinking, all right, 
what were the algorithms to set that video? I mean, I'm a marketing guy, so yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm thinking, what are the algorithms? What, what are we doing? You know, and and, and it's funny because it wasn't until like recently that I was thinking back about that insurance stuff I was telling you about, then thinking, well, maybe Amazon's selling, selling, selling that algorithm to people, you know, self help. You know, who knows? You know, it's crazy out there what they sell. And uh, Raul got on uh, on the, it was on the video, and I watched the whole thing, and um, like many of us and our other brothers. Uh, I felt like he was talking directly to me. And I said, you know what, what do I got to lose? And I picked up the phone and I don't think I even went to a website or anything like that. I don't even know, I, even, I don't even remember how I got the phone number. And some young kid called me back and said, uh, you know, asked me a couple of questions. And he says, you're gonna get on the phone with this guy, Reg. And I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. And uh, I remember setting up the call with Reg and um, it's so weird, little things you think back of that were important to you at the moment that triggered, like, that triggered something. Like, I decided to get out of the bedroom, and I took the call in the kitchen. Why do you think it happened? I, you know, I, I look back at that now and think, you know, at that time, I was like, you know, it was symbolic. It was like, all right, if, if I'm going to talk to somebody, and even though he's a stranger, and and I'm going to make this step. But you think you make the phone call out of help, or or yeah. or is like it was a time? Well, or? I think the I think the initial call was out of desperation. Um, the call with Reg was help. I didn't even know it at the time. You the, still did not talk to your wife, though. No. And I didn't know it was help at the time, maybe. But man, the minute I, I started talking to him, I knew it was help. So what was the voices in your head telling you pick up the phone call, or when I called the next level? Yeah. Or, yeah. Make that call. What do you got to lose? You know, it was just uh, the the message just connected with me beyond. Okay. You know? I so, mean, the message, even though, you know, when Roll talks about, you know, burning it down to the ground where he's burning and the one thing in his life that meant the most to him was family. You know, I mean, that connected with me. It wasn't even the business thing. It, it never really was the business thing. You know, the business was. Well, a mean, at that time, you were not thinking about business. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, the business is what was like the means to the end. The end was yeah. the, the problems. Yes. You know? Um, you think the bottom of the bottom was caused by the business or was caused by all the all the past and programming and everything that that I tell you uh what came back to me during that time period was my dad being on top of the world and then losing everything and really died with nothing didn't even die with his own dignity so programming and I started thinking holy shit maybe this is my corporation fall maybe you know what am I going to do? The rest it's of funny that you're saying that because you know the inside game. That's exactly what I'm doing. That you know, as a, that as an adult, we are responsible for all the programming we got during the childhood, and you know, experience. And and, and it's funny you saying that. Yeah, it's it's just it's my ugliest nightmare actually to this day. Um, and in our boot camp, you know, I talked about it. That came out. It's both both my parents. When I look back, and I, and, I, and, I, and I had a little bit of sense of guilt that I couldn't do more for them, but they didn't die with the sense of dignity that I would have liked them to die with. I mean, they, you know, like, and like my, my number one thing is I don't want any family member changing my effing diapers or, you know, and, and I, I want to die with a sense of dignity. And, uh, you know, not all the money in the world can plan that, but at least, you know, it, it can create a sense of security, a false sense of security. But it, that's always been a fear of mine, and that that I think that fear was coming out then. 
I, I was thinking this is it, you know, and uh, until that call with Reg, you know, and uh, and I say to you, I got out of the bed, I didn't shower, didn't shave or anything, but I got out of bed and went to the kitchen, sat on the uh, the high chair, I took the call with Reg, and you know, I look back at that, that was a big, that was that was that, the first was, step. Yeah, that was the first step. It really was get get out of this fucking bedroom, you know. And, you know, it was almost like going to an office. I was going down the street, but it was just the next room. But it felt like I was going down the street, you know. And uh, let me tell you, uh, uh, I, 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 I probably talked to him for an hour and a half. And going back to your parents one more time. Yeah. Do you ever blame them for it? I, you know, the two things that, yeah, I, I, have, I have a blame for each of them. Um, I blame my dad for taking, you know, it's funny because you, a lot of people would respect their dad for taking the high road and doing, doing the, the righteous thing. And I, I blame him, not because he did the righteous thing, but he, he probably overestimated the situation, think he would rebound right away. He didn't have a plan B when he did it. And when you have two did kids. You? No, but I didn't have children. And that's what bothered me the most because now I had a sense of responsibility. Oh, we have a different podcast going on recently. Yeah. I like oh, you're that. You're taking me all over the place. I, I told you. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Walk me through. That's exactly. Well, I, I, I always felt during my entrepreneur years, and, and I don't want to go all the way back. You know, I, 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 I did raise a special needs child and lost her, but I, I don't want to go back there. But my, but my point being is from that point on in life, until I said I do to Alexis, I was my own guy. You know, I was like, you know what, if I blow it up, Dark Warrior blows it up, or I take too many chances and risks, all right, I did it because I made the decision to do it. And I'll pick myself up, or if, or if I don't pick myself up, I'm 100% responsible for it. So never, I was never worried about that, you know, but, um, but I, I always looked back and said, you know, my dad had responsibilities He had a wife, two kids, one kid in private school, a kid going to private college. He should have had a plan B before he walked in the office that day and told his boss that he wasn't doing this anymore. And so I always sort of had that in the back of my head. And, uh, and my mother, my mother blamed me for being an entrepreneur my whole life. My mom, wanted, my mom probably wanted to have two girls versus two boys. And um, she was my eighth grade English teacher. And uh, I worked my ass off to get an A. She gave me an A minus. I mean, I, I mean, I could never do, I could never be, you know, not to be perfect, but I could never fully satisfy my mom. And I did everything on my own. I left the day after high school graduation. I never went home. I was on my do own my entire life. you think because you went so deep and now the healing process is... Yeah. Uh, you, you oh, feel? yeah. Well, the boot camp was huge for me on that, you know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, things that I hadn't even thought of for a while. I had gotten myself... But did you ever realize like that it was in the business? It was all the all the trauma, all yeah, the, the all I, the all the baggage that we carry. It's got nothing to do with the money. Does it nothing to do with no, the COVID, right? No, 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 no. The business that that they were all triggers. Exactly. And and maybe I would maybe I would have got lucky and lived the rest of my life, and maybe those triggers didn't happen. I mean, but they were that's there. That's how we connected. Yeah, yeah. that's how we connected. But they were and there. We would say it is what it is, and we would have to you know maybe we run through it. And we said yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But you know, it's like we went to the basement. We went to the basement. We're in the basement, and and I really want to tell this to the audience because it's funny, like you know how we how we program and how we so persevere and discipline. Walk me through 
how quick, because I know you, I know you very well right now. You're in the happiest moment that I've ever been. And walk me through and help young guys well, see that there is like, that it's adjusted chapters. It's adjusted chapters and then you got to concentrate and how quickly you recover, you know, the best steps you did, mostly what tools you used. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, because a lot of, because you could stay there, you could recover a little bit and just stay there and just live entire life in the victim mentality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you definitely, you're not a victim mentality. That's, I mean, I went you, through that phase uh, too a little bit. Uh, yeah. well, well, I think we all have yeah, to. So yeah, we, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, so, right, but I could have stayed there. You're exactly. Right. You know, just recover. Okay. You know what? I'm happy. It's comparing to what I was this and that's it. Yeah. Become like, walk me through this. Like, well, you know, first thing that, I mean, really the first acknowledgement that I'm very blessed was Reggie's call. At the end of the call, first of all, I was so impressed, like, you know, I know Raul might not want to hear this, but he didn't ask me for a credit card and he didn't ask me for any closing. He didn't even tell me how much anything cost. He just wanted to make sure that I understood what was, you know, ahead, you know, like, yeah, obviously there's an expense. Would I make an investment on myself and did I fit? Yeah. And it was more like a fit. But it was so nice to talk to somebody. It's the first time I had talked to somebody since COVID hit. It's six months of feeling, being by yourself, talking to yourself, <laughs> talking to the wall, talking to the head, talking to the pillow, talking to the TV, you know. And this guy just listened and talked and didn't judge me because, you know, uh, Reggie's very spiritual and he didn't judge me that I'm not spiritual, you know. I definitely wasn't at the time. And... Um, I got off the call and I said to him, uh, the, 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 first, the leadership summit, the first one I met you at, uh, was coming up like in six, seven weeks. And I said, listen, Reg, one thing I can tell you right now, and I commit, I will be there. And when I'm there, I'll make a decision, um, no matter what this program is, but if I make the decision to end, I'm all in. That's the way I do things. I said, or I'll be flat out with you, it just doesn't fit me, but I, I won't bullshit and tell you I'm going to be there and not be there. Yeah. And I said, I look forward to really meeting you in person. And he said to me, Ron, um, you, won't, you, you won't meet me in November. He's, I said, well, why? And um, because it meant a lot to me. Like, I, it was an hour and a half, only an hour and a half, but man, that hour and a half could have been like a week retreat, you know, mm -hmm. as far as quality. You know? And he said he was fighting stage four cancer at the time. And he couldn't go outside with COVID and all that stuff. And he was, you know, oh man, my, my heart hit the floor and talk about a wake-up call. You know, I got off that phone and said, well, you got to be the biggest fucking jerk-off in the world. Get your act together. you got a woman that loves you. you got your health. You're only 50-something. you got the rest of your life. We tell the story and we believe it. The yeah. bullshit story, and we completely believe it. Yeah. No, it overtakes so you. So that, that's the victim mentality. That's yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, it becomes you. Yeah. You know? And you don't even see it. You know what, Yarek, for men like ourselves or people like ourselves, the, I think the toughest part is we don't see it because they're like, there's no, well, no fucking way it's happening to me, exactly. man. I fucking kick ass and take names. Exactly. Balls to the wall, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that ain't going to happen to me, you know? And so you don't see it coming, you know? And then you don't even believe how far down you are because you're like, that don't happen to me. I'm, I'm not one of them. You know what I mean? And one <laughs> And, 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 you know, I think, you know, one thing that you told me once, and, and you didn't say it the exact way, but this is the way I took, I took it away, uh, or, or I 
walked away from this. I was talking about, you know, like, you know, you fight depression and you're very successful and a lot of money and in the bank, whatever it is, you know. And I, th- my, my interpretation was of it, what you said to me was like, um, depression doesn't check your bank account before it hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it doesn't make a phone call to Wells Fargo and nope. see how much you got, you know. It doesn't. Yeah. And, and yeah. So it doesn't. So I got off the phone with Reggie and I called my wife and I said, it's our one year anniversary, which it was. And I said, I'm going to shower, shave, catch a plane, and I'm going to meet you in Albany. We're going to go back to where we got married a year ago today. And we went up for a week. And that was, and then that was at least back to some sense. I just didn't do anything for a week, but just be with her. And she didn't, you know, she didn't pry. And she just, you know, she could tell that I think she could tell by looking at me that she didn't want to know, maybe, but she knew that. It was I bad. was on the way back. It was bad. You know, I was, I, whether I was on the way back or not, I was at least out of, you know, maybe the first floor, you know, maybe the lobby. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. And, you just got uh, out of the elevator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And um, and then, um, you, know, uh, you know, six weeks after that was uh, the leadership summit. And um, that was begin- that's the beginning of not only totally getting back, um, and maybe you're totally never back, but I mean, getting yourself back to something you're proud of being, um, confidence, but that changed my, that was the beginning of changing my life to a, a level of life that I didn't even know I had, you know? And, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, and I, and I, you know, I said this in podcast where I always said, I, I just wanted to go down on my knees and go and say, thank you, God, there's other people like this, like me. You know, you know, because even all those years and I've traveled all over the world for business, nobody's like me. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, people aren't like us. You know, there's no convention for people like us. You know, it's funny. I was, <laughs> we were outside today, like, like 30 minutes ago. And he asked me, like, all those people, you think they're happy? No. How do we, like, I, I, I have no answer. Like, how do you know? It's like, yeah, no. Yeah, it's yeah. like, how do you, like, we all struggle. But what happened is the more successful you are, the more you hide. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, and, 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 and exactly what you said, the depression and the bottom, the mental uh, breakdown, emotional breakdown, it doesn't check first, like how much money you have in account. Nope. It just doesn't happen. Not your title. Not, not exactly. Not, not, not your, yeah, how many PhDs you have? How many, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, I got five dogs. I got tw- 20 children. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't. doesn't matter it what doesn't, car you're driving. Exactly. Yeah. No. How many jets you have? It just, hey, no. when it hits you, it hits you. And, that, and that, that's Leadership Summit. When I listened to you on stage, that's when that really connected with me. You know, when you were up there on stage and you tell the story about Daniel driving on, Raul, you know, staying on the phone with you and Vivid and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, the fuck does this guy got to worry about in the world? You know I got I mean? everything. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, I mean, I lost my business, but I mean, this guy didn't lose anything. And he's, Nothing. he's still there. You know what I mean? Nothing. And that was the first time I started really thinking, you know, thinking things through about that. You know what yeah. I mean? And you, you, were in it, you, you really got me thinking like beyond, you know, and you didn't even know it at the time, you know? No. And, um, and then we got a second chance to meet each other at the top of Vit Sugar in Miami at the dinner when Raul came down and, and we sat all that. Which that I night. didn't even know about. Yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, but what what was great about that night too? So that was the second time. One was cool that Raul came down, invited me. I wasn't even you know even part of anything at the time, and uh, came to see the business and all that stuff. And 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 I didn't. Even, I met all you guys really uh, first time that night because I 
but I could connect on, oh yeah, this was the, like Daniel had spoken at that leadership summit too. So yes, I, like that yes. was Daniel on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So I made the connections. But the best part about that was, uh, for that night was the fact that my wife walked out of that dinner and said, uh, I said, you have a good time? She goes, yeah. She was like, I can't believe there's other guys out there like you. <laughs> you know, so it's like, because you always look at me like, you know, either either they put you on a pedestal or they think you're perfect or they don't think you have pain or they don't think, you know what I mean? And you got to live with that. Like you feel yeah. like you're living with that image that you got to keep all time. But you know, it's like, it's my entire life. I did everything alone. And, and that's why the process was a lot slower. And it's like, even when I went on through the depression and through the pain, you know, I really, I have to, even though I already have a tribe, I had a brotherhood. I, you know, I have to do the work, but the shortcut is, you know, it's like, at least I could share it. Even sharing the stuff that I have somebody to talk to about, you were alone. I like, you know, I, I was talking to my best friend a few months, like a few weeks ago. It's like, I can't believe it when I was at the bottom of the bottom. And, and the first time I thought I was at the bottom of the bottom when I got divorced, I was on the 10th floor. You know, the bottom of the bottom, the minus hundred hit a lot later, like, you know, two years later. And it's like, how did it happen that God got all those people? I got everybody helping me, but it's the tribe and the brotherhood and people that you surround yourself. And then, you know, that's how you like, you're not alone. Like, I love what you said. It That's like, do not, you know, turn to the loved ones. Yeah. And this is like, but it's anything in the, even, even when you're in pain, you know, the people that you surround yourself and the tribe, but also when you, when you, like where you're climbing, it's the same thing. You need people with you. Oh, absolutely. You have to surround yourself with great people to meet great, to get to reach. But that's, that's what I want to talk about because you went from the bottom to the top, like in the, the fastest fucking possible way. Mm -hmm. I, I really like, I admire you. It's like, you know, he would run. I mean, let's be honest here. I like, I, I'm in the business 30 years. Okay. I mean, you went from the bottom, from the minus hundred floor to the hundred floor, you know, you were, you know, with the shark tank, you got a country. I mean, talking to them. I mean, you know, it's, it's like you on the top of the top. I mean, you, you just on the highest cloud right now, but you did this in a few years. Less. Well, did, did yeah, you yeah. see that? That's what I'm saying. Well, just, you, just, just tell yeah, the yeah. like guys, like you know, like, but the mindset, the skill set, yeah, yeah. that, 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 what, what you need, like, like, like you know because i keep saying it's like we have everything here mm -hmm. you know and it's it's yep. Yep. walk me through this well so, you know the the podcast is called in the game right in, yeah inside yeah. the game inside the game right so i have to tell you and i got a long way to go but i feel i'm in the game again you know that's number one so how i got there was number i mean for, and, and and i got a chance you know have the honor to speak at our last summit and, and I just want to interrupt because yeah. I just want to tell the audience, you're in completely different industry. Like, like it's got yeah, nothing like, no, to do that you ever yeah, done. Yeah. They, they, like, like you just people took your make skills. fun of me. They call me Farmer Ron, right? <laughs> I mean, you took the skills. Like, like what the fuck is there? You know, this time I'm gonna do this. It, it just, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, well, you know, and that's part of the process. I actually. won't interrupt anymore. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Hey, you're the host, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's part of the process because the first thing I, 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 I. You know, reiterate, the first thing is turn to the people that love you for you, number one. Two, you've got to look at inside and love yourself first. And second second step is you got to start loving yourself again. You know? Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Yeah. You got to love yourself, man. Thank you. You know, but, but I mean, just that's like basics. 
You know, you know it's like, the hardest thing to do, but you're not going to get anywhere unless you start that. At the age of 50, I realized, you know, when they tell on the plane that you got to take your oxygen mask first and then give it to your kids. Yeah. I'm like, what are they talking about? My kids are more, I never understood the concept. Right. And I hear on the plane all the time until I was at the bottom of the bottom. I realized when your bucket is empty, you cannot help anybody. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's a great analogy. Hi, guys. I hope you uh, enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Uh, there's going to be part two because the reason I brought Ron to talk to him about his billion-dollar company that he's growing and he's going to get there very soon. And that's the interesting part, you know, and I want to hear from Ron a lot more. We touched on the subject and then we just took it a little bit longer than, than it was anticipated. But the second part two is more interesting. Stay tuned, <laughs> man. Thank you, man. Thanks, buddy. Dude, that was Thank you for listening. Leave your comments and subscribe for more insights on mastering your inner game.